0: welcome back to episode 25. In this episode I catch up with Dan Jones for a second time following on from his recent international ultra marathons in which he completed three separate 100k races in about three months. I really enjoyed this conversation and hearing Dan's very honest reflections of the good, the bad and the ugly. I really respect athletes that can openly share when their race experiences don't go so well, because at the end of the day, we are all only human. Welcome to the Nourish Your Potential podcast. My name is Kushla Holdaway, and I'm a registered and accredited sports dietitian based in beautiful New Zealand. I am so glad you have joined me on this podcast where we will discuss science, sports nutrition, running and physiology alongside interviews with athletes, experts and other health professionals. Whether you are listening to this podcast during your commute, your training session or whilst cooking up a storm in the kitchen, you can be reassured information is discussed in a thought-provoking, evidence-based and easy-to-understand manner so that you have more tools in your nutrition toolbox to be your best self. Great to have you back on the podcast, Dan. A lot has happened since you were last on in the last few months. Do you want to give us a brief rundown of where you've been?
1: Yeah, thanks, Kushla. Um Great to be back chatting with you again, and hopefully, um, you get some the audience can some some learn some things from my recent experiences, as I've done myself. Um, so yeah, I've been over in the United States since the last time we we chatted, and I managed to complete and sometimes successfully complete. Um, ultra 100k ultra races over there was three ultra races in the space of about three months and yeah some went very well and some not so great but um i'm sure we'll dive into that
0: how many 100k races have you done before you went to the states
1: oh that's a good question um mainly actually 100k races over in china so that's where i first started the ultra running scene which was basically backed on to um, some multi-sport races and I found that, oh, there's a, there's a 100k race in China. I might as well stay on and give this a bit of a crack because I've done, you know, a bit of trail running in the past as well. So I've done uh, two or three 100k races and one 150k road race in China. Um, and that was, that's pretty much the extent of my ultra running, apart from, of course, um, Kepler and some of the ultras, but not quite the, the distance of 100k ultras in New Zealand.
0: And from your experience, would you summarise so far that the 100K is a hard one to crack?
1: Absolutely. So <laughs> I think there's a big... No, I realise now, and I of course I've, I know it's a big distance, it's a, it's a lot more than double 50K, if that makes sense. It's like there's so much that can happen in the last 50K of a um, 100K Ultra or even the last 30K, as I found out. So... Um, it's it's one that you you know you it's a distance you've got to give a lot of respect to and whether that means you know you, you go on with a, a designated race plan and I've chatted to you around nutrition since then and um, actually given a lot of respect to how how hard the effort level feels in the first 50k I think you know if of course if you want to be right up at the pointy end of the field you've got to be you know you you can't lose touch with with the leaders anyway but you've got to really think about the effort that you're putting out and whether it's sustainable for that 100 for that full 100k of running or walking
0: and what must be so hard is if you're trying to qualify for something is you know you don't just have to meet a time criteria you have no idea what time you might need to get to be in the top two or three people so do you have any strategies like do you do background research on the people who you're racing against to try and understand how fast they might be racing or what what do you do
1: uh, yeah that's exactly right and as you say time kind of goes out the window with some of these ultra races anyway because the races i did i think the the, the one with the most elevation had about five thousand meters plus of climbing in it so you can't really you know you consider an estimated goal time but you really have no idea it depends on the elevation gain and the terrain that you're running over they can really slow a race down so um, <laughs> it, it is. It, it's one of those things you can look up your competition, but then that can kind of get into your head and, you know, it, it raises stress levels, puts a lot of pressure on yourself when you're really trying to compare yourself against your competitors. Um, so you can do that, but I wouldn't get caught up on it. And in the end, it's like you, you have to realize the kind of training that you've put in. And again, I think it's really an effort based thing. And you go out, you're you got to start and, some people may go off like crazy and you've got to think, well, is this can I, can I actually, yeah, hold this effort for the 400 k And, of course, sometimes you think you can and maybe you can't in the end, but that's just part of racing. And, and you do learn from those things, but I think, you know, you do have to put yourself in a position where you want to achieve your goals. So yeah, that's, that's just part of it sometimes.
0: And with a shorter distance, say like a, a 10K or even a half, maybe you can get away with starting off too fast and you can sort of recover a bit through the race that going up for something like 100k there's probably no coming back if you've smashed it too early
1: <laughs> yeah that's right and i well it's weird i think you you can you should be able to come back because if, if you realize that you're starting to suffer then you should be able to bring it back a little and then <laughs> get maybe a bit more nutrition on board if, you, if your energy levels are running low but i just think it, it it's kind of just determinant on on the position you find yourself in some sometimes you're like oh i can feel myself starting to strike i just slow it down but sometimes it's like well in my case um it was more like whoa dizzy oh no energy oh just crashing badly there's nothing i can do um in one of the races especially and so yeah it can kind of depend and with a half marathon of course as you say it's like you can go hard Maybe if you start to suffer, it, it it's just means your time's going to be a bit slower. But you're probably going to finish the race and still have a time that you might not be stoked with, but you might be okay with.
0: Yeah. Before we dive into each of those individual races in a bit more detail, I was really interested to hear as a whole, how did you go about planning your nutrition strategies? Like, did you sit down and kind of nut out a bit of a, a plan of attack based off what's worked for you previously, or did it did it change a bit? after
1: each race? Yeah, so for each race, we're given a bit of a, a plan or a, I guess a race map which shows all the different aid stations and how far in between they are. So going into each race, I had a bit of an idea of what I would stock at each race um, aid station. And basically, I, I kind of planned that where I would have either two gels an hour along with my carbohydrate drink mix or a gel and um, a cliff block basically. And then I kind of thought, well, towards the end of the race I'd like to probably top up with some some Coke or fizzy drink, whatever they had basically on store at their aid station and I would and I would go from there. Um yeah, I kind of always go into races thinking I can just stock up as much as I can and just see what the body can handle as I'm as I'm going along and if I need to dial it back, I'll, I'll dial it back. Um, as it turned out, I probably, well, I've since, I guess, talked to you about what I actually took on on, on board on those races, and my nutrition plan probably wasn't set in stone as well as it could be because as we kind of talked about afterwards, I actually probably overloaded on my carbohydrate carbohydrates, getting in anywhere from about 100 to 130 grams uh, per hour, which is definitely on the on the heavy side for a guy of my size. Um, so yeah, looking back, um, there's definitely things that I'd like to to work on in that that instance. And so yeah, hopefully you know, I'm, I'm now, now since obviously talking to you, and hopefully we'll get a bit more of a a nutrition plan set, set up for my next um my next ultra. And yeah, I'd like to follow that with a a bit more um conviction i suppose rather than just taking it as it comes
0: so let's dive into those races so should we start with your first one you headed off over around easter time to the states and i can't remember the name of the first one but do you want to fill us in on on the race and what its sort of race profile was and how it went yeah so
1: the first race was called the Canyons 100-kilometer ultramarathon race. And the reason why initially I, I was going to this race is because Ultra ultramarathon was cancelled, and that was a golden ticket race to the Western States 100-miler, which which basically means um, there were two golden tickets, automatic entries into Western States up for grabs at Tarawita. But because that race was cancelled, one of those tickets went across the Canyons, which meant the top three at Canyons would get that automatic qualification into Western States. Um, so yeah, I basically was going to canyons to try and qualify for the, for the Western States. And that was a big, that was my big goal. And as you say, so before that race, I was, you know, researching who I was going to be racing and all that good stuff. Um, you know, but again, like try not to get too caught up in it. And I had a great build and went over there, hopeful that I was going to achieve my goals, but yeah. Um, as it turned out, it, it didn't really pan out that way for me.
0: How did it start? Were you feeling good beforehand?
1: Yeah. Um, beforehand when? <laughs>
0: before, like in the week leading up to it, because obviously you wouldn't have had that. Or how how long were you in the States before the race to sort of get familiar with the time zone and settle in?
1: Yeah, so I had a good build-up, as I said, at like 5 some awesome missions around the Wellington region, especially like, you know, I was hitting some good mileage and yeah, I went over there confident, as I said. But, um, I think one of the things I, I learned was, you know, I went, I hadn't traveled because of COVID for a good two, two and a half years, like internationally, And I went over there a week before the race and I thought that was plenty of time, but I think, especially when you're in a new environment, you travel in in the airplane, where it's quite easy to pick up little um, like sicknesses. And I, I just felt like my body was struggling when I got to LA, which is where I stayed for the first three or four days. It just felt like every time I went out for a run, I wasn't re- nothing was really clicking. It just felt like my heart rate was quite high for all my effort and it was just a bit of a struggle I I thought I just put it down to jet lag but it also I was waking up with like a little itching in the back of the throat just like little little things that just felt like your body was struggling a little bit I don't want to make excuses I mean I went you know I I still got to race morning um you know without any serious sickness like it just felt like I was a bit low on energy I should say um you know for that whole week leading up to the race and yeah got to the start line you know pumped and ready to go and I yeah went out hard with the whole pack and yeah as it turned out yeah um the the race did go off hard and I stuck with the leaders for about the first 40 or 50k but then it just did just started to struggle from about 50k onwards like dropped the leader oh sorry the leaders dropped me um and yeah it just turned into a bit of a Battle in this, and then I just completely hit the wall at about the 75, I, I can't really exactly anymore, uh, maybe even the 80k mark, 75, 80k mark. I just completely hit the wall and um, just ended up going backwards, really kind of struggled my, my way to the finish line and ended up in 10th place.
0: Well, 10th is still pretty amazing, but I, I guess from your perspective, what you were aiming for was like how did you feel when you crossed the finish line
1: oh completely gut today eh? i was dejected like i definitely didn't achieve my goal and if i had had a you know well-rounded race where i i was pushing it the whole way and felt at least half decent the whole way then i would have been at least somewhat happy or e- even if i missed out in the top three yeah. um but it didn't turn out that way it was more like I felt all right like i was hanging in there until yeah that 50 or 60k mark started to go backwards a little bit and then i was kind of reduced to a jog slash walking up hills um, for that last 20k so i I mean people were just spying past me and it, i couldn't do anything i was dizzy and that's just kind of how it went um and so yeah when i crossed the finish line now nah, i was absolutely spewing i was gutted at myself um for um yeah Yep. Try, first of all you're trying to work out what went wrong and um, then you're yeah, just wondering what kind of you can do for next time but that kind of comes later on at, at that top, at the moment I was just like ah what a waste of my time
0: <laughs> you weren't literally staring at the finish line though when no, you said, no, no 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 <laughs> just disappointed yeah 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 so when you because I'm sure many endurance athletes can relate when you get to that point and you feel like you're hitting the wall like mentally you still finish the race and you still finished in the top 10 how do you get past that and just keep going even if it's at a jog
1: oh when you yeah when you hit the wall um well you know a lot of things run through your brain or your mind and you you start thinking oh oh i'd love to pull out right now like people are coming past you you're standing still and it's like for me it was like the dizziness and just the absolute exhaustion where i was left just kind of stumbling like tripping over roots and tripping over my own feet basically and i i I said okay have a bit of a walk here let's try and get it back you know have some have some more nutrition like i i feel i felt pretty well throughout the race but maybe you know that pace was hot at the start you were hitting like four minute k's and it's, it's quite quick for 100k, over a uh, 5,000 meters of climbing in the race. Um, so, yeah, that's how it went. Um, once once I'd like kind of reset and told myself, you know, we're not going to pull out, obviously. Well, not obviously, at the time you really want to pull out, but you just got to keep going and it's like, oh, have a bit of a walk, maybe a bit of a, I can jog this flat, okay, I can jog this downhill let's try and run as much of this next uphill as possible. You're just breaking the race up into seg- segments. And so that's what I did to just really just try and make my way. Then you're looking at your watch, it's like, okay, 15k to the finish line. 14 and a half, no. You're really breaking it. Like, okay, the, you're, at first you're breaking it down. Like, okay, I'm, I'm through that k, through the next k. And then when you're getting close, you're just breaking it down to 500 meters. Yeah, and it was a rough finish. Like, it was all uphill. And... We started going through basically snow melt where there was snow at the top, but it was quite a hot day. And, you know, we're heading into the uh, American summer. So there's actually big puddles of just slush that you're trying to like make your way around and slipping into. It was absolutely horrible the last 5K. So it seemed to take an age, but I think everyone everyone really (laughs) didn't enjoy that part of the course.
0: That sounds pretty brutal to finish, pretty cruel.
1: Oh yeah, that's 100k racing for you You always yep. find yourselves in You always want the last last part of a 100k race to be easy But it never is
0: no. <laughs> no, absolutely not So you came away from that pretty gutted But what was your like key learning from that? Do you think it was just feeling off before the race? Do you think it was a nutrition issue? Do you think it was just a, a mixture of everything?
1: Yeah, I think you know not feeling perfect before the race but still trying to put myself in a position to get top three i mean i I knew the caliber of the athletes who were absolutely amazing at this race it's, it was basically the last chance qualify for western states so it had a huge like one of the um most competitive fields in in like that u.s ultra scene so i i knew i had to even though i wasn't maybe feeling great leading up i thought you know anything can happen on race day i put myself in the mix and maybe well, hopefully have a good result, but yeah, it just didn't turn out that way. So, I mean, that's, that's one thing, like, you know, you've got to be prou- you, you've always got to be proud and like the effort that you kind of put in and it, <laughs> that effort might have come in too, too early and it definitely came at a cost, but you just think next time, well, if I can have a well-rounded race for a hundred percent of the race rather than 70% of the race, then, well, good things are going to happen.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah and like mentally you probably come out of that race with a lot more mental strength than if everything had just gone you know as planned and well and you finished feeling really good
1: uh yeah i you know i think you can also get a lot from confidence as well and your confidence my confidence went down after the race of course you know you, you, can, you can build on your mental capacity as well when you have a good race because you've still pushed bloody hard. Um, but, yeah, in a race like that where the confidence comes down, sure, you've, you've really put yourself into some dark places which you can you know, draw on next time. But, um, yeah, for me, like, I, I love the good feeling and that confidence from winning. And sometimes is the case where you, know, you have one good race and the next race will be good and the next race will be good um but yeah and sometimes you don't so that's just that's just how it goes with racing you've really really got to yeah try and work out what went wrong um if you can or just say well let's move on to the next race yeah. and that's what I did
0: how long did it take you after the race to sort of have time to reflect and move on from it and feel a bit better
1: well I went to Las Vegas which is pretty cool <laughs> so yeah I um I practiced some gambling didn't go that well at the casinos i was basically just playing the um the poker mach- uh, the slot machines over there and um i mean <laughs> not not hard out or anything but I just thing i gave it a go you're in vegas and yeah sat next to the pool um you know looked up what what next race might be available since basically my um plans of qualifying for western states where i was like oh, okay i'll try and qualify and have a an awesome um training block and just stay over in the states well that all just got uh quashed basically because i didn't have that western states to aim for so i had to find a new new race and i still wanted to like spend some time in the states i had uh, different places lined up of where i wanted to go so yeah and i found the next race on the calendar lake sonoma 100k which i thought at the time was a uh, another golden ticket race actually for the next for the following year to western states but uh, as I found out later on, it wasn't.
0: <laughs> did they not let you know, or was that just? Did no,
1: you... it was um just my um interpretation was wrong of what it said on the on the website. It was it's more so you get an automatic entry into the Western States Lottery, which is right. Does not mean a golden ticket automatic entry. It basically means I'm in the lottery, but then I've also still got to be picked out of the lottery to get into Western States. But I'd rather. You know, it's kind of the dream to get the golden ticket because that's like, yeah, I've got the golden ticket. That's an absolute automatic qualification, guarantee. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. So between that first race and the next one, how long did you have to continue training and traveling around?
1: I had, I think it was just under a month. Yeah, just under a month, or about a month. Let's just say a month. I can't remember the exact dates, but. When that came up, and I, I just I straight up uh, sent an email to the race organizer. Got in, sweet. I'm in Lake Sonoma 100K. You know, it's an awesome area. Again, it's in Northern California, so like the the vineyard type area of um, California. Like a really nice place. And yeah, I was still under the impression that it was a golden ticket race. So I was like, yeah, all g'd up, like pretty pretty excited to you know, put that race that I just had at Canyons behind me and, yeah, get some confidence from a, another good race for, or have a good race in my next 100K. So, yeah, I, I went to Las Vegas and I, I went to Cedar City and did some training with, with Hayden Hawks, who's, yeah, just an awesome guy, stable with, stayed with his family. And he took me on, like, he, he showed me all his training grounds across the um, different canyons, Bryce Canyon, Zion, National Park, Um, and yeah, I, I just did some amazing training, all at like altitude as well. So, and I felt, I felt like my recovery was really good and I'm not sure because I didn't like, you know, I wasn't able to smash it all the way through to the finish line at Canyons, which is maybe helped my recovery. But also I think because I'd already, you know, I found that race really early on after um, the Canyons and thought, okay, I've changed my mindset. I've got to aim for this next one now. I can't really allow my body to just chill out and get lazy I have to you know have a bit of recovery sure um four or five days of just really easy stuff or like relaxing and then get back into things and yeah, yeah it, I, I um, had an amazing time training with Hayden over in, in the hills over there.
0: Yeah great to connect with someone who can show you their backyard and explore. What kind yeah. of altitude were you training at?
1: So over there like Where Hayden lives is in Seder. It's about 1,800, 1,900 meters, I think it was, or maybe even a bit higher, 2,000 ish. And yeah, but we're training right up to about 3,000 meters and doing workouts up there. And yeah, I think the big thing I learned training training with Hayden was like the big emphasis on on Vert, um, getting really strong and just being able to run all the hills and these long endurance events that was that was a um, a big eye there for me because coming from the marathon running background, like sure i'm I'm not afraid of getting in big miles like you know hundred and sixty to two hundred k weeks but actually adding in the um, the vert is just another big element that can really help you get good gains just become very strong so we we're, we're doing some like you know pu- big runs that, that just covered a lot of elevation gain and the big goal he was telling me was like, let's just try and run this whole, thing. like, just keep running. Just don't walk. Let's just run it and, you know, just get, be strong. You no, know, you can just run this whole thing. I was like, well, okay, <laughs> I'd, I'd definitely be power walking this if I was in a race. Um, but let's just, yeah, run it in training. And then of course you're just going to get stronger and it, it worked. And so then I finished my training camp with Hayden and, and um, Setter City, and then went over to Boulder to stay at my uh, mate Sean's house um, over there. And yeah, another amazing lot of runners or people know that Boulder area is just an adventure playground, so heaps of trails and again, training altitude.
0: And with your training in the States, I guess something in the back of my mind, if I was over there, I'd always be scared of what you might run into, you know, rattlesnakes (laughs) or like a mountain lion or something. Did you see any wildlife on, on these epic runs?
1: And you know, strangely enough, I didn't see. I don't think I saw a single snake or maybe one cross the road in um, St. George um, near, near um, Cedar City. But uh, other than that, no, like, <laughs> I didn't see anything. Oh, until I got to Albuquerque later on after the second race, and then I saw a bear, and that scared me. I was <laughs> like, I was actually listening to your podcast at the time, um, and I was just running, like, you know, you're just in the in – the, um, in the moment, I guess, and just like absorbed, of course absorbed, great um, great information coming out of it, and then next minute I rounded this corner and this big black, oh, yeah, it was quite a big black bear, just, it saw me, I saw it, lucky it turned around first and just ran off, and I tried to get my phone out for a picture, but it was already gone by that stage, so, oh, so oh,
0: yeah. Yeah, I don't know, like, I if I lived in the States, I think I'd be too scared to go off trail running by myself for that reason, like, you just don't know what you might run into,
1: yeah well that's true um i don't think about that and it's the same in, in new zealand when you're like diving and things it's like oh, i could see a shark here, yeah, but let's just not think about it and <laughs> if, it, if it does happen i'll panic then <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah no very cool so in those four weeks of your training camp with hayden and um before the lake is it lake samoa is it sonoma, sonoma. Yeah. um what
1: was it a bit more like less miles more vert in that time um it was no it was actually just yeah more vert so yeah probably a a little bit less miles I never hit 100 or 200k weeks but we're still getting back up to about 180 190 some good double days in there though so yeah it just my body was absorbing it so I was like let's do it let's just crack on um yeah, obviously, you've got to be a, a bit sensible about it. But I just come off that that pretty poor performance in my eyes, and well, yeah, poor performance. And so I said, right, let's go, let's let's get after it um, for this Lake Sonoma race. My body's not breaking down; it seems to be handling things okay. So we'll just chase it.
0: Yeah, and what, what kind of vert were you taking off in a week? Then.
1: I think I was pretty stoked to hit about like seven thousand meters. Might have been the biggest, like yeah, biggest week. Wow! So one thousand meters, you know, on 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 a run, was pretty good. Like some runs might have been less, but some of our longer runs. Like I remember we did one run through the Zion, uh, Zion Canyon, and yeah, we did like fifty five k. It was crazy. (laughs) <laughs> we ran out from like a road from the top. So we actually ran along the undulations and then dropped down, down into the canyon and actually had to come back to, to get back to the vehicle where to run up. So it already, you know, it's, it's good because you're running uphill and on a tired body. And well both of us pretty much ran out of water by the end and we're like getting really exhausted anyway. So that's whew, hard training, a really hard training, but, you just feel so good afterwards. We're like driving, driving back, stopped at a service station and got one of those big gulp things, the 1.5 litre extra large um, slushy. I just like filled that up and, oh, good sugar. Heaven. And, yeah, great way to cool down as well.
0: Man, I think I'm stoked if I tick off that amount of vert in a month, not a week.
1: Yeah, as I said, like, it was easy, for, not easy, I shouldn't say it's easy, but it was fun and exciting seeing you training grounds. And yeah, it, the, you know, the time just passed, having a great training partner really helps in that regard as well, because <laughs> he's a bloody good tour guide, like, you know, explaining different areas and yeah, you just, le- I was just learning a lot, um, about that kind of professional ultra running lifestyle and how he kind of works it. So, um, I was very appreciative of that.
0: Do you feel like the altitude training helped heading into your second race?
1: Yes. Yeah, I'd say so. Like, it's always hard to know w- whether I'd done all that training at sea level or
0: mm. if
1: the altitude training really helped. But I think, yeah, looking back, I looked at my heart rate throughout that whole second race just the other day because I was trying to work out why that race I fired and why the other race, especially the last race, I completely fell apart. And, yeah, I had just a really nice um, – consistent heart rate through that whole race and i think the altitude training surely helped yeah. you know keep things really consistent and not too high there
0: so this second race this is the one that went really well for you and you won yeah
1: that's yeah. it that's yeah. it and yeah
0: what was the elevation in this one
1: uh it was still quite high uh, i think it was around four thousand. so not quite as as much as canyons or the, or the race in Poland that I did last, but, you know, there's still a lot and it was, it was on a run, like quite runnable trail, but just consistently, consistent undulations, No real huge climbs, but very consistent undulations and some decent climbs in there as well.
0: And what was your time?
1: A shade under nine hours. So yeah, I was watching the clock as I was supposed to be nearing the finish line, you know, when you're clicking, close to 100k and you're like oh will i crack it and yeah it was basically a sprint down the last 500 meters to yeah to nudge under nine hours
0: yeah you would have felt so confident coming off that one but you know finally after i guess having a terrible first run that yeah i can do it i can feel good i smashed it and i won <laughs> in a great time yeah. So. yeah
1: yeah yeah, i was i was stoked you know, like i everything went to plan. That race, like I, I felt pretty strong the whole way. Um, I think a part of that was I was really able to go up my own effort. There were like it was a um, you know competitive field, but I, I built up a, a good lead fairly early on, and I ended up finishing maybe an hour, just over an hour ahead of my next competitor by the finish. Oh wow! Um, and you know, still ten hours is still a respectable time for for a hundred k. But, yeah, I, I had a great race, and, yeah, I was confident in that. The only um, downer on that was when I crossed the finish line, I still thought I had won a golden ticket, but I found out, you know, maybe 15 minutes later, on oh, no, nah, that um, I definitely misinterpreted the information on the website saying that that automatic entry was actually to get into the lottery rather than, um, yeah, no.
0: The, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, way, way to rain on your parade. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it happens, and... It was a good experience. Like such lovely people, and yeah, the organisers put on a great race, so can't complain that much.
0: And at least in the lottery, when do you find out about the outcome of that?
1: Oh, I wouldn't even know. Okay. Like my, you know, my my mind's already turned to trying to get the next golden ticket. I'm not even fussed about that. Like if I get in, sure, but yeah, I really want to get on on merit from a golden ticket.
0: Cool. Okay, so that one went really well. Unfortunately, no golden ticket, but a good confidence boost. And then, where did you go from there?
1: Yeah. So after that race, just trying to remember now. Oh, I went back to Boulder for a few days. That's just how it worked out. Um, watched my my mate race the quite famous ten k Boulder Boulder race, and that's when my uh, Japanese mate Rio came to town, and he raced as well. So then I watched him and cheered him on. And yeah, we, we drove back to Albuquerque together. We, I got to got on my next little training block, like to recover, and then yeah, I had about two, two, two and a half weeks there where I could yeah train and train in the hills and get in some more altitude training in a very hot place. I might add, yeah.
0: What sort of temperatures were you running in?
1: Um, yeah, Sundays was getting up to about thirty six or oh, thirty eight degrees, and so usually running in anything from thirty plus. So I thought I was very well heated that bit. The <laughs> only thing there is that it's very dry heat, so it's not very humid. So, yeah, you, you're drinking, but, like, as soon as you start sweating, the sweat starts to, like, evaporate off you, and you don't really even notice, like, you, you're not drenched in the sweat, really, when you're running. It's mm. it's quite strange coming from New Zealand, experiencing that dry heat. It's completely different. Like, oh, this morning, I was just out for a workout and sweating buckets in the middle of winter just because it's a bit more humid and, and warmer than what it has been over the last, well, something back from america <laughs>
0: yeah. it has been really muggy recently actually yeah. yeah okay um so yeah you would have been very very well heat adapted mm. what made you decide i'm going to go to poland and give this race a crack
1: oh so yeah i guess i decided this after the um after lake sonoma and i was like well i can what do i do now I'll either go back to new zealand um to the winter or do a bit more training <laughs> over here and find another race. And actually Hayden had mentioned, well, he, he was the um, past winner and it's a very good payday. So this time they're offering, uh, it was like about 15000 New Zealand dollars for first. Wow. not as much for second or third or fourth or fifth or sixth. The prize money did go down to sixth. And so I thought, well, wow, why not, you know, put all this good fitness to use and just race again. Um, You know, whether that came back to bite me in the end or not is is another story, but, you know, I thought I actually recovered pretty good after Lake Sonoma, just like I did after the first race, so I'll just have have a bit more of a recovery then get back into a little bit more training and then I shouldn't need much before I can hopefully have a good performance over in Poland. So, basically, I changed flights and of helping Michelle, like, trying to suss <laughs> up, like, uh, like cancel my New Zealand flight and suss up flights to the, to Europe and all that good stuff and then actually getting back to New Zealand from Europe afterwards. It all kind of worked out. And I had a mate living in Krakow that I'd met in Kenya, like, two or, two or three years ago, and he said, come on over. Um, you can stay with me and we'll maybe rate, go to the race to, together and I can support crew for you. Yeah, so it was really nice. Like I had, a, I actually had a plan to hopefully put together a good race, but as it turned out, you know, it was a competitive race. I went out hard. Like, so the, the leaders actually had about a couple of minutes on me for the first twenty, twenty-five k, and I slowly just wound them back in. I felt quite comfortable. I felt really strong in this race. Um, even leading up to it, I did like a, a bit of a park run tester about a week before, and just kind of nice. TT of, oh, temp, oh threshold at fifteen thirty-five pace. So nothing crazy, but just like a nice hard hit out. And then yeah, it was um, again, a bit, probably a bit further on. I still felt actually really strong at about eight minutes on the second and third place at over fifty k, about the sixty k mark. And then it wasn't until about the seventy-five k mark it was more of a just an all of a sudden wheels fall off again, dizzy cramping in the quads and everything. Cause it, there was some bloody big hills in this race as well. And then, yeah, I just, Oh, it was just not pretty. It was even worse than the first race. Like I, the wheels just completely fell off. I was basically stumbling around. Um, I had to, have a dunk in a creek a couple of times and i was just like trying to cool like cool down my body temperature um i was all over the show i kind of crawled or you know not crawled but walked jogged and pretty much walked to the next aid station which was 16k to go and i had to put my legs up had about 30 minutes in the aid station just trying to again like put cold water on my head and um, try and get more nutrition or trying to work out what was going on with myself, trying to talk myself again, don't quit, don't quit. Um, Just got to get through 16K. But, you know, people were, the the leaders had long long since passed me. Um, Third, fourth place had come through. I was, I didn't actually know what position I was in. So I was just like, really, I'm not worried about that. I just really want to finish. So I had that time in the aid station kind of, just about collected my thoughts and started to walk, jog, walk, jog out of there. And then again, I had to uh, put my legs up against a tree at one point. And then, yeah, finally I started to feel a little bit better and I was able to pretty much jog or even sometimes run um, for that last 15K to the finish. It was warm, but it was definitely no any of the temperatures that I'd experienced in Albuquerque. It was definitely a lot more humid. Um, but I think it was just, you know, the, the strain on the body was really just making it act up. Like people were saying, like, I came into that that aid station just completely wiped, wiped out. And I think, you know, the body was just trying to work out what was going on. It was probably just felt really hot, even though it wasn't a particularly hot day. I think it was probably just low twenties, um, temperature wise. Um, yeah. And the, the thing is in that race, it was very competitive, like. I looked back at, at the, the pace we were pushing and coming through 60K, we came through 60K, I came through 60K in five hours, which I was on for well under well under nine hour time mm-hmm. with a lot, like probably 500 or 1,000 more meters of elevation gain compared to the um, Lake Sonoma Ray. So the effort level was just probably a lot higher. And maybe, like, you know, I've chatted to you about this since then, but... It could have been, you know, maybe the the nutrition that I thought I had to take in to to actually sustain the effort. Maybe it was too much, and I was really just like bloating up the stomach with. And I had, you know, a few GI issues, um, and then also, I think, yeah, I just kind of underestimated how hard that last part of the course would be.
0: Mm. Yeah um sounded brutal actually and yeah well done to you for even finishing that sounding like you were <laughs> basically sitting there like for 30 minutes trying to recuperate yourself to still get up and go no I'm still going to finish this race it's um yeah that takes a lot of guts
1: yeah thank you and yeah I, I kind of tell myself the same thing but then you always look back and think oh could I-? Could I have actually kept running? But in the in the at the time, no. You you're completely had it, and yeah. the easiest thing in the world would just be to pull the pin. But that feeling later on would, for yeah, for me, for everyone, yeah, that, that they know about it, it's like it would feel so sucky to actually pull the pin and then yeah, not make it home. But so in the end, I got I got sick. I just got in the money. But even though it was like two hours slower than my late Sonoma time, in the end, it was like well over ten hours of of racing when I was on track for about a nine hour time. So it was very disappointing, but yeah, I was very happy to still see that finish line. Um, I I think I've learned over the, over the years, like people don't really, you know, it's awesome having support and like that is the unreal thing about, you know, racing and the training that you put in is all the support that you have. And you, and you see it just through people just messaging randomly and saying, you know, we're loving what you're doing. It's, bloody cool it's a bit of an inspiration i don't get those messages all the time i'm having <laughs> you on there but um, it's more so like yeah people don't really care about the result it's more so that you know the effort and things you put in so i don't people aren't going to be too worried if i like dnf sure it's like it's just a it's just a race in time there's always going to be another race i've had races before that have gone well and yeah i've dnf in the past and and, like, I remember 10k. I don't try and it too many, so I can remember some of the ones if I had Queenstown Marathon when I knew my Achilles was absolutely crook and I probably would have actually ruled myself for a year if I tried to push on to the finish line. So, no, like, I've pulled out in the past, but I definitely try and not to make a habit of it.
0: <laughs> mm, yeah, no, definitely. So you ticked off that um, pretty awful experience and then – how long did it take you to sort of recover? And I mean, in that time, you traveled back to New Zealand. So what did the weeks after that look like for you?
1: Yeah, so I think I really, truly did bury myself in that race because I, I told myself, you know, it's all kind of the winter season now. The, the racing is dried up a little bit in, the, in New Zealand, apart from the club racing, which is, is fun and important, but I don't put too, as much emphasis on it as the races leading into the end of the year. So I said I'll have it in my off season now, I actually have two to three weeks of just no running. And then I'll just slowly ease back in, like maybe, you know, five K run every every day or every second day. And I had that those first two two weeks off. Great. Um, definitely needed that. Like just tried to get back into the swing of winter here and and life. And then yeah, I I, I tried to start my runs back, but I was still absolutely cooked. And I'm not sure if it's because I Totally told my mind, no, we don't have to run now, and there's no race coming up. But I could barely hit five minute thirty k's um, running, just on these easy five k runs. Oh, everything just felt sore and tired, and yeah, you know, I just absolutely had no energy in the system. Like it just felt like it felt like yeah, this a day after the hundred k, like not not the same DOMs, but just absolutely nothing going for me. And so that was sweet. I didn't have to put the pressure on to, to return back too early. So I just allowed my body to kind of uh, um, take that time to, to feel better. And, yeah, I've done that pretty gradually. But, yeah, I've been training for, like, the last probably five or six weeks now because I wanted to build a base before I got into a specific training block that's going to lead into Auckland Marathon.
0: Did your enjoyment for running change a bit in that recovery process after the, the races or, or coming back to New Zealand?
1: Uh yeah, probably because it, it's never nice feeling like crap on easy runs. But <laughs> like when you go out for an easy run, you're supposed to just float along, right? And it's just like, oh, it's simple, but it, it didn't feel simple. So uh, the advice here is don't take um, don't take off seasons. No, it's I, I probably definitely needed it, but I think part of that was because I hit, I pushed my body so hard in the space of three months that it was telling me. You need to recover now, otherwise we're going to, you know, something's going to snap and you're going to need to take a lot more time off. So I took that time and, and now things are starting to feel better. Like, oh, I'm starting to get a little bit more pace back. I, I can go out and run 20-odd, 30K comfortably again. And it's not going to take long now until things are, will really start to click back into, pay, uh, into place so that I can, yeah, get back into – the mileage that I need to hit and the, the elevation that I need to hit for the um, for the races at the end of the year
0: mm-hmm. so you mentioned Auckland Marathon before so do you have a block now leading up to that in October
1: yes yeah, so that's only about 10 9 or 10 weeks away now so I'm I have started that block of training and feeling good like again not putting too much pressure on myself in terms of paces just yet like just trying to work my way back into longer and, and, and faster workouts. So, so the, the goal for Auckland Marathon is actually to build that pace back up mm-hmm. before I step into some uh, even like longer distance training and, and trying to get more vert before some of the ultras at the end of the year, like Kepler and like, I'll target a 100k ultra marathon again to try and yeah, get that golden ticket. Yeah, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. so they're definite races for you?
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think I've locked those ones in. There's definitely other races around those that I'll likely use as even long workouts or um, just races that I'm not too fussed, as fussed about. But there could be another one or two that I really want to get, get across to. So I just haven't completely set those in stone yet.
0: And besides winning or getting the golden ticket, say, at Tarawara, do you have any specific time goals or PBs you want to smash?
1: Yeah, if, if my training block goes really well for the marathon, I'd love to hit sub 220 there because I did two two hours and 20 minutes and I think a couple seconds last year. And that was actually a week after Kepler, so I shouldn't have been that fresh, but it's amazing what the body can do when you tell it, oh, I've got to have another race here it, mm-hmm. as I kind of worked out in the States. But um, yeah, it, it'll be it'll be interesting. Or will just be very determined on how I can go getting my pace back and then um, using that pace and and the longer kind of threshold or marathon pace workouts as I get closer and more specific to that event.
0: Mm -hmm. And are you planning on beating January's time and Kepler in December?
1: Oh, yeah. Well, that'd be another (laughs) thing. Um, Of course, like, it will just matter about my recovery from Auckland. Yeah. Um, I'd love to... I'd love to actually get to Kepler having done quite a bit more um, hill running, like, like chasing that verb. as I um, kind of alluded to earlier. I really think that helps and could be very helpful for a fast time in Kepler. And I, yeah, it was a, a very good learning that I got from Haiti um, in the States. And I want to, I would like to put that into practice. It will just be very determined on how my body recovers after Auckland marathon and whether I can have enough time to, to push it before Kepler. It's always awesome racing, you know, spring races in New Zealand because some great events and it's always nice catching up with people along the way there.
0: Just before we finish with the the Q&A from Instagram with a few questions, I just thought Mm. um, I'm interested to hear, with travel and running, how do you tend to help your body adjust to things like jet lag or even like in Poland, say, like your nutrition and the different foods? How do you manage that?
1: Um I try like when when I'm traveling I do try to just follow the the basic rules stay hot, hydrated yeah. I take noon tablets and things like that just to just to make it easier to, to drink it's easier than drinking water um what else I'd say my my stomach's usually pretty strong so I can adapt fairly well to the local cuisines um <laughs> actually america's probably even a little bit even harder than Poland because Poland's fairly like European foods, it's pretty easy. Um yeah, I, I don't know, I don't I don't tend to bust too much about that. I just target the the basics, like I wanna just try and, you know, eat, eat kind of plain foods that I don't want to upset the stomach or aren't too much different um than what I'd normally be eating. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And what about jet lag? Any tips? Oh, it's awful if you've got it? a if
1: you've got a main yeah if you've got a main race try and give yourself more than a week to to get over jet lag and get those energy levels back up i think that's one big thing that i learned before can, canyons is i'd really appreciated 10 days to two weeks so when i went to poland i gave myself 10 days rather than just one week and that really seemed to help like i, I did go into that race that last race feeling a lot stronger and ready to ready to go and even though it didn't you know pan out to be a good race i still felt good so that was that was pretty key Mm.
0: yeah cool and i actually think there's some science i read in a book by matthew walker that it's um physiologically easier to travel west so like saying going from new zealand to the uk than it is to come eastwards back Um, so it's always harder so coming back home from poland you probably felt worse (laughs) as well
1: my body <laughs> but, certainly did yeah
0: I mean there's probably a few factors involved there but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. hey so a few people asked some questions on Instagram so we'll um go through those ones one was do you think well you've kind of answered this one already but do you think three times 100ks in a couple of months was too much
1: oh yeah well i me definitely asked this question to myself it was it was three months really <laughs> which still was probably too much but yeah you know i put in a lot of training and kind of was listening to the body and that was weird my second race was the best race if i'd left it there then yeah i, I could have come home and been like wow two races in two months was sweet i i handled it just fine but yeah three three races in three months especially if you want to pull up all right is probably too much Mm -hmm. 300k races I had to really adapt my my goals like on the fly while I was over there so I as I said before I my my goal was to get a golden ticket and then give myself you know two months before uh, western states and that didn't happen so I, I just wanted to make the most of the situation and just you know experience different things so even though it didn't you know I wasn't successful in every single race I still got to have some success with that with well, that second race. So it was it was fun just trying to work out what to do.
0: And awesome travel and exploring while you're there too.
1: Yeah, cool. yeah, and that, that's a big part of it. That's such a cool cool thing about when you can travel and, you know, have these hobbies or sports or whatever you want to do, is, is you know, see different things with, with travel is really amazing.
0: And you seem to have a lot of friends um, all around the world. Is this through running or was this from your time at university in the States?
1: Yeah, well, my time... at at university involved a lot of running and so yeah um as i said one the the friend in in boulder was was an old university um teammate and and hayden just i don't know how that kind of happened but we just i just reached out to him and he said you know come come do some trucking with me and and there and it's cool because he's actually coming to weather, yeah taraweda um this coming year and he's going to come to new zealand and hopefully I can return the favor and show them yeah. some different training grounds as well awesome. so i'm really excited for that but yeah it's through travel and different different racing the, the whole trail running and running community is just awesome like you know people are just so friendly and all too happy to help
0: yeah,
1: yeah. share a couch or a spare bed it's, it's great
0: yeah okay next question what is your current shoe rotation and how many Ks do you put into your shoes before you go onto a new pair?
1: Yeah, so I'm actually sponsored by Essex and they're a great company that's been supporting me for the last couple of years. So yeah, Essex are the only shoe that I roll with, but I do have a, a, a good shoe rotation that I try and swap around every day or every second day. I, you know, change out the shoes and it all kind of is determined on on what that training looks like for the day. So for my uh, medium intensity runs or my longer runs, I I really like the Essex Nova Blast. Um, They're one of my favorite pairs, but I've also got the Keanu Light, which I'll run, you know, anything from like my medium duration runs at lower intensities um, to say the Nimbus, The, the new Nimbus are really nice as well. And the new iterations that are coming out are just, yeah, really innovative and, yeah they're really great to run with um the super shoes that i'm running with is the metaspeed sky so i use that for my workouts and my you know fast road racing and the trail shoe that i use is the fuji light twos and again i've been using them for kepler for the last i think two years or definitely last year and I, I, Coast to coast, goats past runs, and, yeah, they're, they're a great trail shoe. So, yeah, I definitely roll for a very big range of shoes, but I usually try and change them up every – depends. Like, they, they feel great probably up until about 600 to 1,000 kilometers, and then I, I'll i change it up and maybe just use the ones that have higher mileage on them for, for my easier and shorter just recovery runs because, yeah, it's not taking so much out of the legs.
0: Okay, next question was preference of road marathon or trails.
1: I, I love the marathon in the sense that, you know, you, oh, it's just it's just a cool race because you, you set a goal for yourself and you know the pace that you have to hit to hit that goal. If it's a flat marathon, then you just, yeah, if you're going for it, if you're having a good day, then you can just go out and, yeah, really target the time. But the bad thing about that is the day has to show up as well. It can't be a really windy day or you have to kind of target a, a course that will allow that time um but the cool thing about the trail running is great community um you can you can run in any weather um it just yeah times don't really matter as much it's just more about the competition i love a good competition as well so um yeah there's no real answer to that but 50/50. Yeah,
0: just whatever i'm
1: feeling yeah
0: and i feel too there's a lot less variables with something like a road marathon than a you know trail ultra like your hundred k's overseas because there's just more time i guess for things to go wrong um and it's just more time to be fueling your body and everything else and often weather can have much more of an impact up when you're out on the trails or at high altitude um so yeah i feel like it's kind of like an iron man versus something like the coast to coast longest day like one's a bit more controllable and one's not so much
1: <laughs> yeah that's so right <laughs> and yeah as you say like there's decisions to be made like what shoe should i run on, on this trail run because it's not it's it's not too technical but and it's dry or, you know, it's mm-hmm. muddy. And yeah, so with the road, it's, well, chuck on the meds bed, sky's sweet, let's go for it. And, you know, you'll have a aid station every 5K, have a have a sip, of, sip of drink and, and get going. But yeah, it's, it's, as you say, a lot more variables with trail running.
0: Cool. Okay, and the last one that came through the Q&A was, what is your fave race nutrition supplement?
1: Good question. I i rely on gels and um or cliff blocks they for me they're the two things that i can really really easily get down
0: cliff blocks um, are good
1: yeah yeah absolutely great i think going forward like the chats i've had with you on those longer i can easily get away with that in 60k like kepler or probably even 70k races but Think going forward, I'll try and add in some more solid food into my, into my hundred k races, mm-hmm. um, just for hopefully not getting the yeah, overload with that, that, that sweetness and stickiness that that comes from just eating gels and and cliff blocks because mm-hmm. um, that can be a bit tiresome. But that's that's just the main reason.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Oh, cool. Well. That was all the points and the questions from Instagram that came through. Um, it's been so good talking to you today. I feel like I've learned a lot from your sh- your stories. So, yeah, thanks for your time for a second time <laughs> on the <laughs> podcast. Um, and, yeah, I'm sure a lot of people will appreciate hearing what you've had to say today.
1: No, Thank you, Krishna. Um, I've kind of repressed. I tried to repress some of those memories straight after the races, so it's nice to actually hash them out in you know, probably good for me to reflect on those things as well and allow the, you know, the audience to to hopefully learn some things that I would probably never say um, by myself on on the socials or anything like that. So I really appreciate your time as well.
0: Cool. Yeah, appreciate the honesty. Cheers. Thank you.
1: All right. See you.